It is the 21st century. There are too many video games. But out there, it's waiting. The best video game you've never played. to the best video game you've never played the podcast where i stand up and improv comedian lewis dunn take on the suggestions of my guests to find out what is the best video game that i have never played i take their suggestion play it for a week and then sit down to have a conversation with them and i either say your video game is being very attentive in class he's doing all his homework and he's coming in your video game is one of the best video games in my whole class and i'm delighted to be teaching him or i sit down and say the incident that we recently had with your video game, it, it really shows me that they, they don't care to learn. And so I don't know why I should care to teach them. Uh, and I think that honestly, that the best solution for your video game is to just probably put it in a cardboard box and leave it alone. This week's guest is Chris Booker, who is a fantastic stand-up comedian who I've worked with on a few occasions uh, on different gigs around the Northeast. He's a very funny guy. He's a very cheekily impish comic as we're probably going to learn in this episode because he has assigned me a video game that uh well look let's put it this way there's so many reasons that this video game shouldn't be on this podcast but one of them is not that you've played it because i don't think anybody's played this video game apart from me and chris now so why don't you sit back and have a listen as we find out what is the best video game i've never played according to chris booker Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you, Lewis. How are you? I'm very well, Chris. I have been... Uh, I've been having a very odd week this week <laughs> with the game that you've given me. And I'll, I'll tell you this now. I'm going to admit this right up front. I beat this game 20 minutes ago. Yeah. I have been absolutely up to the wire with the game you've given me this week. So please, can you tell our listeners what game it is you've brought along? Uh, I have brought along the uh, 2007 platformer, The Simpsons Game, based on the TV show The Simpsons, obviously. Um, it's it's a sort of 3D kind of action platformer, bit of collectibles, a sort of semi-open world. Uh, it, it came out in 2007. I bought, when I was younger, I bought a PlayStation 3. I bought it off the back of seeing a video game that I assume we're not allowed to talk about um, because it'll give you an ulcer. Um, yes, just for everyone listening, this was by no means Chris's first suggestion of a game to bring on because what he what he started with was a ream of video games I already know and love. So we, we went through about 20 of those before I said, no, you really have to pick something that's yeah. like not just what you think the best game is. That's not then entirely you suggest- true. You did suggest one game I hadn't played and that I vetoed because I have to play these games in a week and there is no way I'm going to be able to beat or play enough of Oblivion for you to be able to be satisfied with the conversation we would then have. But I can reassure reassure both you and the listener 
that I have never liked a single Bethesda game, and I really have tried to play them. So up front, let's get this out of the way right away, Chris, because I know you want to talk about this. The reason I didn't play Oblivion is because I don't want to spend an hour telling you how much I hate Bethesda RPGs. So this is a taste of what you would have got. Instead, instead you've given me this video game, The Simpsons game, which, do you know what? I was actually really interested in when it originally came out and just never got around to playing. Well, it's um, The Simpsons has a, has quite a long history of uh, video games. They've been going all the way back to like arcade cabinets and um, I seem to remember the arcade is quite well loved. Even, uh, even you mentioned that you quite liked it, but The Simpsons mm. has... Um, it's a license that has been used quite a lot by video games and apart from... I think this might be the the Simpsons game might be the last major sort of multi-platform kind of proper console release of a of a Simpsons game because I know they've got like mobile equivalents but we don't count yeah. those. Um, yeah, I can't I can't think of another Simpsons game that came out after the Simpsons game. Yeah, and you know obviously the one that everyone thinks of when they think of a Simpsons game is they think of the PlayStation Two era Simpsons hit and run. Which, yes, yeah, uh, was... and it has to be said, I've been telling people, oh, I'm playing The Simpsons game for the podcast this week, and they yeah. go, oh, hit and run, and yeah. I go, no, The Simpsons game, and they're like, what, like the wrestling one, or the skateboard yeah. one, and I'm like, no, it is just called The it's probably the worst title they could have given the game. Oh, it's awful, especially because, like I said, this was the last of a long line of multi-platform releases, so it's, although I guess in terms of, it, it was ahead of its time on sort of naming its sequel after the original... <laughs> premise it beat hitman and god of war and tomb raider and things like that mm. um but on the, on the subject of what i wanted to say is when you said that i suggested a ream of games that you've played i mm. actually oblivion was my first suggestion and then when you vetoed that i was sort of floundering going well i have no idea then and I just didn't. I didn't want to do the Witcher three again. I, didn't I understand want to, have to do a podcast, which I explained that I don't like high fantasy. I understand, and then the sort of impish part of me kicked in, and what I realised is the one thing I wanted more than anything in the world is for you to tell me for one hour why you hate Oblivion, and by some extension, you hate me for being its champion. <laughs> I actually, there was a part of me that thought, because you said that's not a podcast that should be made, and I was thinking, that's exactly the kind of podcast I want to make. Well, look, what you've done is you've set up a wonderful teaser yeah. for the potential in the future to do one about Oblivion. I'm so... But that is not the one we're doing today. No, and, I, and again, I've said this to you in private. Given that there's a chance that I could suggest another game... Um, if it turns out that some guest later down the line suggests Oblivion and you play it, I will never trust a person again. <laughs> I will feel betrayed and, uh, frankly, I think you will ruin any friendship we have. <laughs> um, so really, the ball's kind of in your court there, because if you do it like it, like the week after, I know that you did that on purpose. Well, the thing, the thing that's good, Chris, is that um, you've successfully given me a very solid reason to never play Oblivion. <laughs> uh, that's, so I that's don't get a jail-free card, yeah. Yeah, I feel fine with that outcome. So I'm all right with that. I mean, this is a slight aside, but you see, one of the things that surprised me is you've played a Dynasty Warriors game? We're going to be talking about the Simpsons game. We, we are, but I, th that's the sort of like last aside that I wanted to ask, because that was one of the first ones I suggested. Um... I've played some of the Vita Dynasty Warriors game. Oh, next. Yeah, for like two yeah. or three hours and, and found it 
tedious and boring. And I think I tried to play one on PS3 as well and also did not enjoy it. Okay. Do you own the Vita one? I do. I own it through PlayStation Plus, which means that it will, of course, vanish in a few months' time. Okay. That's, again, a conversation for when we're not recording the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Simpsons game, uh, it's, it's, it's got quite a few elements to it. It's, it's mainly a, a 3D platformer with like sort of basic combat and platforming. And um, as I say, I, I got it when, when I first got a PS3. I got a PS3 because I saw someone else play Oblivion, and I upgraded on the back of that. And when I bought mm. my PS3, it was from Game. Do you remember Game? When mm. you went when you went to Do you remember a place? Game? Do you remember Solid Stores? <laughs> there was a physical place games existed in. <laughs> you went in there and they sold games and a slowly increasing number of things that weren't games to keep themselves valid in the 21st century. Yeah, generally small plastic figurines of things from games. Yeah, but this was like this was the proper time. This was when game was only doing games. It was the only place you could really get things like that. And I got a PS3, mm. and it was bundled. It wasn't bundled with Oblivion because Oblivion was slightly too old at the time. It was bundled with Ratchet and Clank: Tools of Destruction, which I enjoy, and I've uh, you mentioned that you really enjoy as well. Yes, I love Ratchet and Clank. All and Ratchet it, and Clank games are fantastic. They are. They're all great. And uh, it also came with the Simpsons game, uh, and it, it came with it. And I was I was interested in Ratchet and Clank, and I knew of it, and I knew that it would kind of be my thing because it made by the same people who made Spyro, and that's a game that I hold very dearly. Um, and so I, I got the PlayStation back and I played Oblivion mainly, dabbled a bit in Ratchet and Clank. And then I thought, well, I got, I've got this game as well. Let me play it. And it was better than, A, it was better than I thought it would be. And B, it was a lot better than it deserved to be. It, so yeah, this is, this is one of the strange things about the Simpsons game is that it, it's not normally when you get a licensed game you usually get like a, a a licensed ip or character or world is slapped onto a type of game that already exists mm. so the simpsons is incredibly guilty of this like yes. the simpsons wrestling the simpsons skateboarding yeah. the simpsons have a go at crazy taxi like yeah. it's something that they, that happens a lot in the industry because it's like normally because it's like well the idea is is that we're just trying to make a product we can sell quickly. Even, this hit, game, even hit and run. I mean, hit and run was just yeah, hit and run is Grand Theft the Auto. Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, Simpsons GTA, and like and the more you play hit and run, the more obvious it becomes that it's like, wow, it's really hard to make a Grand Theft Auto game where you can't give the characters guns. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, it's kind of an interesting like. It's an interesting example of the fact that The Simpsons has had a lot of video games. Like, even... We're talking about, like, the PS2 era, PS1 era Simpsons games. Like, they're the start of it. No, The Simpsons goes all the way back to the NES. Like, yeah. there's low... And then little 2D side-scrollers that aren't brilliant. And there's, a, a like, a Konami-style beat-em-up arcade cabinet game, which I used to play as a kid and I used to quite like as a kid. And it's a really, like... It's a franchise that has been, in a lot of ways, done to death in video games. There's yeah. not really any interesting take on the simpsons left in terms of slapping that's them onto kind of an prophetic really isn't it like the simpsons being an ip that's done to death i mean mm. that that extends far beyond video games really it, it kind of sits in line with or almost like in terms of year by year and the progression it kind of sits similarly with the tv show because the tv show was let's face it the first series isn't great and the early sketches just also they're not great and mm. 
fairly recently because um, it was required that we sit down and watch TV for hours on end. I started rewatching The Simpsons, and to be honest, the second series we started from the second series, and the second mm. series is also a bit wonky. It's a bit wonky, but I think what like if we're talking about The Simpsons as a as an IP, I think the second series shows something that The Simpsons has very much lost touch with. Is that there's quite a lot of heart and sadness in the second series like one yeah. of the episodes is homer thinks he's gonna die and is doing basically a bucket list of things yeah that's and that's, that's like a, yeah really quite a, an emotional episode and there's a yeah there's definitely stuff about the simpsons when it starts that is more about the family and the way the family interact with each other and and stuff about like it's still silly it's still over the top but yeah. i think there's a real water like watermark moment in the simpsons which is um the monorail episode mm-hmm. which is a brilliant episode it's one of the funniest episodes of the show by far i think and it's yeah. definitely a highlight but i think that marks the start of the simpsons is not really about the simpsons the simpsons is a vehicle for whatever crazy insane comedic adventure we can invent for them that's kind of it because obviously when you've got a show that's been going on for as long as this one has i mean what's it up to like 30 seasons or some yeah mm-hmm. and there's insane... no plan to stop yeah, it's, it's never going to end. But the thing is, in the early seasons, the people who were writing for it were the people who were there at, at the conception. So you have people who kind of... I, You know, I've no idea how Simpsons episodes are written now. I imagine there's some extent of monkeys on typewriters, but... Yeah, it, it'll be it, a big writer's room of comedians, definitely. Yeah, but it's the early ones definitely felt like it, it kind of didn't need, essentially, a list of rules above a big writer's room saying these are what the characters should stay true to. It's more like the, the the show was staying true to itself just naturally. So it meant that they could play around, they could have more interesting character stories. And that's kind of, I mean, we could, it's a, again, a whole nother <laughs> podcast talking about where The Simpsons went wrong. Because but I, I, think, I think this is a relevant chat to what we're going to discuss now, because The Simpsons game yeah. that we've played for this is a Simpsons from 2007. It is. It is a post golden age of Simpsons. It's it's you know it's well past series ten. Yeah. And we're looking at a writers' room of people who, I think it's fair to say, don't just like it's not just that they have to write the Simpsons. It's also that they themselves were fans of the Simpsons before mm. they started writing for it. Yeah, I I see what you mean. And there were a few moments when um I, I did think. I think, uh, I, do you know what? I think I have almost exactly the same thing written down in my notes when <laughs> um, I when when I fairly I fairly recently picked it up to play again, and we will we'll circle back around to that. Um, but I one of the first things that struck me was how it really does feel like later Simpsons episodes, and in some ways it actually there were moments, and these were some moments that I really enjoyed. There were moments where I could point to it and say that felt a lot like Futurama. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. look. So right, we should probably discuss a little bit of the plot. Yeah. Um, before you, we go, go any first. further with it, because look, I, I always like to accentuate the positives and then go through into some of the criticisms and a then bit later. Go so, for the jugular. Here's the thing with the Simpsons game plot. It is, ex- like, beyond meta. It is ex- mm-hmm. incredibly meta. Yeah. Not only about the fact that it's the Simpsons game. One of the first things that happens in this game, I think, it is. The second thing actually that happens in the entire game is that Bart picks up the instruction manual to the Simpsons game. Yeah. 
and finds out that he has a series of powers that he can do because he's in a video game, because their whole world is a video game, yeah. because right from the off you are told the Simpsons know they are in the Simpsons game, and what you are playing isn't even... You're, like, you're not playing like an adventure that we're portraying as a video game. Yeah. The video game world of The Simpsons is locked to this game. This yeah. game is technically outside of the series of The Simpsons. Yeah, and and actually it kind of goes beyond that because it's it's the start of the, the moment where Bart finds the instruction manual. Um, that's the start of the second level. But even the first level, the first level is like a dream sequence that is a direct mm. reference to something that happens in, a, in, in a, an actual yes. episode of The Simpsons, the Land of Chocolate episode. But the first in-game quip that the white rabbit says to you is maybe you do better in a turn-based rpg yes yeah and that's, like so right from yeah. the off and that's just... like you know you've got the you know once the pre-rendered cutscene's finished literally the first thing that is said in a pre in an, an in-engine cutscene um is a reference to the fact that it's a video game yeah, and the thing is, it doesn't get less of a fever dream from there. No, in like, fact, this, it gets more. <laughs> this game, like, by the end of this game, I was staring at... And you'll, I don't want to say what the final boss is just yet, because I don't want to spoil it too early on. And I think we will spoil this game, because I've got a lot to say about the plot, I think. I, I um, have something to, Yeah, I mean, we definitely yeah. have to talk about the ending. But the by the by the time you get there, this game is like... So they do some of the things from Treehouse of Horror, which, yes. okay, fair enough. You're a Simpsons video game. You want to reference all the things people like. Of, of course, you know, chuck in some Treehouse of Horror. It's also, like, a good way to raise the stakes. Like, I think one of the things that's very difficult with a franchise like The Simpsons is because even in the television show, the stakes can get weirdly high. Yeah. Uh, like I mentioned the monorail episode. The scale of the monorail episode is that the town might be destroyed. Yeah. And that's a significant step up from like previous episodes such as The Simpsons go camping and it goes a bit wrong. Yeah. Like the scale on things that can happen is huge. So I get why bringing in Kang and Kodos and having an alien invasion in the Simpsons game makes sense. It's also something Simpsons hit and run did. It's something yeah. that The Simpsons has kind of embraced as a thing is that sometimes aliens turn up and things get weird. It's the only thing you could do if you were making a video game, really. I mean, if you were making a Simpsons video game, I don't think you could make a simpsons video game that doesn't in some way involve treehouse of horror plots i mean maybe i don't think you could now but one of the things that's quite entertaining okay. about well so this is the thing i'm gonna we're gonna compare it to hit and run because it's something there uh hit mm. and run has a really bizarre plot like not just like not just a plot that's like oh the simpsons are in a video game and meta 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 like the simpsons video game plot in hit and run is like there are robot bees yeah and the buzz cola is a mind control and like that and it's kind of like a nightmare you had about the simpsons once it's kind of like yeah. a dream you half remember and you're like that doesn't make any sense and this game is that dream but also you've got the flu <laughs> like the the way the way this this game's plot expands and changes and evolves and the type of references they keep making and the way that the game works is like it's not that it's not coherent hmm. it's just that the whole thing feels like I'm ill <laughs> <laughs> that's 
that's a wonderful way of putting it. Well, I, I mean, it, it makes sense because the thing about hit and run is I actually confession. I didn't get too far in hit and run um, mm. because very few people did. It's a surprisingly hard game if you try and beat it. It's the reason why. I mean, the reason the reason why I, I imagine most people who played the Simpsons game finished the mm. Simpsons game. And that's because around the Simpsons hit and run, what you've got is you've got like the sort of just mess around sandbox that you can you can find you know it's it's obviously not as rich as a a non-licensed sandbox game i would say but you can still have hours of fun in simpsons hit and run and even though i'm championing this game i think you'd be <laughs> hard pressed to find hours of fun in the springfield open world of the simpsons game yeah, I, I hard vetoed the open world when I figured out pretty quickly I did not need to do it and there were bus stops that allowed me to fast travel to the next episode and I was oh, like, great. We have something to talk about later on in the episode then. Okay, okay. So this is the thing. I, I just did not do this the open world section at all because I could tell it was like, not exactly filler, but like I started comparing it to a Lego game as I was playing it in that yes. the game's like, there's loads of collectibles and they're character-specific collectibles. Yeah. Like, character-specific collectibles are... A dreadful idea. You should never put them in a video game. Just well, you know. I mean, I like it reminded me of Donkey Kong sixty four, which I... is not a game I could say I've played in bigger commas, but like, like you turn up and you're like, I found a thing. No, I didn't. I yeah. have to go get the other guy and bring them here. I think character specific collectibles they they can be okay if the um the heartbreaking thing about the open world in the Simpsons game is the amount of collectibles they fit into the open world and the open world's fine in terms of size and the number of collectibles is more than perhaps it can fit it's heartbreaking to be walking around as like homer and lisa and to see a marge collectible and having to make a mental note of oh i have to come back as marge because yeah. the sheer density of collectibles and that does become a little bit kind of paddy pat like there's there's sort of I don't think padding is a word. Um, <laughs> there's there is padding is maybe what I should say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that and I makes think sense. and like you can tell there's also padding because there's a time trial mode. Yeah, and again, and... this is all stuff that I, I should say because I keep making mention of this is stuff we should circle back to. Um, mm. I played this game, like I said, I played this game when I got my PlayStation 3, and I got my PlayStation 3 in 2008 or something. I played it then, and I finished the story, I think, in the same year, and then I just didn't pick it up again. I, You know, I played a little bit here and there, maybe like once every three years or so, and I picked it up and played it again in preparation for this, because I actually physically lent you my copy, and I thought, <laughs> before I bring it to you, I should, um, I, I should go back and make sure, because what I remembered in my head is, the phrase better than it should be and yeah I, I played it and because because of the way i play video games genuinely and i can say this with absolute certainty i would have played the simpsons game again more recently if they had patched in playstation network trophies if they had put those in mm. i would have played it immediately after because that's the kind of that's the kind of dickhead i am like it's <laughs> it, it's a, a compulsion i have and they still haven't patched them in uh, and i thought I wonder if it's worth going for 100% in this game. That would be interesting. <laughs> and so I tried. Yes. And basically, when it comes to you criticising some of the elements of this game, I am going to be very hard-pressed to agree with you or to defend it in some way because <laughs> I tried to go for 100%. And my advice is, don't do that. 
don't go, yeah, don't don't go for hundred percent. No, it's because well, because I can tell you what you get, and what you get is not a lot. I didn't actually. I should say I didn't get to hundred percent. I ran out of time before I had to bring it to you, but I got to ninety-seven <laughs> percent, and the last twenty percent was as long as completing the campaign and was in no way as delightful. <laughs> well, this is the thing. The thing that made it so that I did actually finish this game mm. uh, just in time for this podcast, the thing that made me want to keep going ahead with it, and the thing that I'm going to give it as the biggest praise is that it really is a game that is like, I am not going to sit still. Yeah. It is constantly, every level has some unique element to it, even if it's just the case that they've just changed the aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, you've got, like, each of the Simpsons has a unique set of powers, and they basically range from stuff like Marge, who can rabble-rouse, uh, m- like, people, townsfolk around her to form mobs to take things down. Which I Karen. thought was... Yeah, I yeah, she has. really early on. I just thought, especially in some of her specific missions, I just thought, she's that's what she's doing. She's, like, a, a sort of middle-class suburban stay-at-home mum who's got a complaint for the manager yeah absolutely and it's it's also great like the game is like internally satirical with that they point out the hypocrisy of the idea that marge is like using violence to stop the production of a violent video game and there's a level later on in the game where you uh have to gentrify a neighborhood yes. using marge which which I... and she literally yells gentrify she does yeah that's <laughs> and i do like that pretty much she's not in that many levels because uh levels that she's in have to be very specifically tailored for her and every single one, I think, ends with some kind of like mention of, is this not hypocritical? I think in almost exactly the same way, someone says, and I think it's always Lisa goes, is this not maybe just, is it not hypocritical? And Marge's response is usually, shush now. Yes, yeah. And it's good, because I think that's a good use of, so like, that's a good example, I think, because the gameplay there is fairly unique. It's sort of Pikmin light. Yes. And uh, it's a funny use. It's like a good marriage of gameplay to character there's a there's a mix of mechanic and character there that makes sense in the same way that like games like the batman arkham series have been praised for doing that they sort of marry the character's actions with the actual way that you interact with the world so that was great and then there's homer can turn into a big bouncy rubbery ball and zoom about the map kind of like a combination of katamari damacy and sonic the hedgehog yeah he's the most fun character to sort of like in in terms of sandbox one of the one of the best things to do in a sandbox is travel and he is the best traveler Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. And he can also fill himself with helium in a mode that is less fun. And then oh. he can also turn himself into Gummy Homer, which is sort of... I don't I don't actually know what that one is a reference to. No, I, I'm not sure, but I can tell you it is the most useful power he has. Yeah, it basically gives him a ranged attack. It does, Which means yeah. that, like, in the game, Homer is the best all-rounder. Homer oh, yeah, has yeah. the most things he can do well homer's the best all-rounder because he's in terms of it, it's kind of you can really see it in the upgrades that they get because they do get character specific upgrades as the story goes on it's not like yes. a it, but it's not like a metroidvania style upgrade where you can then go back to earlier levels it affects the open world area but that's kind mm. of it but the the um when homer gets his upgrades everyone's kind of got their own base power I, and i would say everyone has one lisa has two but homer like it, it's almost as if they had to limit themselves to three <laughs> because whenever he gets a power it's a new power whenever another character gets an upgrade it's the current power is slightly better yeah or has some new twist on it yeah so yeah so that's the thing so homer's quite fun to play as brackets 
unless uh, like when you're walking around as Homer, he's quite tedious to play as he has the worst jump of all the characters. Uh, which makes yeah. sense. He's the least suited to having a double jump, but he still has one. Yeah. Uh, you've then got Lisa, who I think has the best power in the game. Lisa was, uh, yeah, L- Lisa was was a character that I did not care for when I was younger, uh, really. But uh, having played it again, I think she may be one of she, she may be my favourite. Yes. So her her power is a power called Hand of Buddha. Which side note is this a weird thing to incorporate Buddhism as a superpower? Anyway, um, <laughs> she could like basically she goes to specific areas where there's a shrine, and then she can uh, use a giant hand to pick up and move things in the environment. Usually to do things like build bridges, but it's also quite effective at fighting enemies because you can pick up and drop like barrels or cars, and you could also like flick enemies, and then yeah. later on summon lightning and freeze powers and like yeah i think lisa's hand of buddha power in another video game you could have made that like almost the entire video game there's like a whole slew of things you could do with that interaction that were actually really interesting and quite fun and the game does pretty well with it it does all right one of the things i would say and uh is is it's very i don't know why i'm saying this because i i've <laughs> I, I am actually a, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of this podcast and i know that you're not really going to hold back on criticism. And I know that we're roughly at the arc of the sort of storyline where you're about to give me a kicking. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a character we've not talked about yet who uh, who I've deliberately held off on. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one, of the, one of the problems I have with the Hand of Buddha power is it's, it's a little bit... It, it never really unchains. It's always mm. contextual. Like, it, it, it's very much a bit hand-holdy. Like, when you're constructing bridges, that sounds good but really what it amounts to is dropping a billboard vaguely near a billboard shaped hole and the game will do the rest the yes yeah it's not physics or systems based yeah which is kind of what i'm getting at which is if you were to make it physics or systems based you could probably make a whole video game out of this premise yeah but instead you're working with a game that has a lot of mechanics like the thing i like about it is let's keep changing the story let's keep changing the tape okay you're playing as lisa and bart in this one okay now you're playing as marge and homer okay Mm. now it's lisa and uh, marge and like there's a constant sense in this game of keep things moving keep changing keep it interesting yeah and it does it does a good job i mean early on the first three levels Mm. kind of start off a bit slow because the first level's homer on his own because that's that's another thing about this game i mean the explanation of it seems almost as ramshackled and almost improvised as the game itself um but every level barring the first level has two characters because of um for co-op reasons in quotes and i assume yes I, i assume we will also talk about that but um well i i never managed to actually play the game in co-op is that because but... Louise took one look at it and went, I'm better than this? <laughs> no, it's because I started playing it and I went, there is no way that this game is better in co-op. Like, the, the, when I was playing it, I got this feeling of like, this is very much a game where one player stands on a switch and waits for another player to do the thing. Yeah. Um again like this this is the thing the game in that regard so this is the thing you can hot swap between the two characters during the level and you have to because the the characters have unique powers and you have to use their unique powers to get past certain sections yeah um as a result it reminded me a lot of a video game i had on the ps1 called bugs and taz time busters Uh oh (laughs) i was fully ready for you to make a reference to the one that i was thinking of which is just any lego game and then (laughs) no 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 because the lego games tend to keep the characters on the same screen 
But oh, the thing yes. that's very that's clever the about the Lego games is that they don't really put you in massive environments so you can't get too far away from each other. Yeah. Whereas Bugs and Taz Time <laughs> Bugs and Taz Time Busters is like again, this is a detour, but I'm going to tell you about it because it's too interesting not to. The premise <laughs> of Bugs, Bugs and Taz Time Busters is that you are playing as both Bugs Bunny and Taz the Tasmanian Devil. Yeah. And you have to hot swap between the two of them constantly because they have different powers and they require each other sometimes to solve things. Yeah. But one of the things the game will do is you can't you can't really play it co-op because basically you have to pick which character has the camera. And so if one of you has the camera and the other player doesn't follow that person, who knows where you are? <laughs> who knows what's going on in your life? That's not. There's no split screen in this game. It is not viable as a split screen game. Uh, but you can plug in a second controller if for some reason you want to have that sort of Sonic 2 level of, of interaction with the game. But as a result, it's also like you'll play a huge amount of the level and then go, oh, I need Taz. And then you press a button and Taz is at the start of the level. He didn't yeah. go anywhere. I, that's that's more. I mean, the thing about um, the one point that the Simpsons game has over. I mean, <laughs> I did not think. I did not think I would be. I can't even remember that Bugs and Taz Time Busters. Ah, oh, is that it? It's yeah, Bugs and Taz Time Busters. It's not. It's not a great game, but it's very memorable. It's very unique. It's. I mean, it sounds. <laughs> I, I. I mean, you say that doesn't have split screen. The Simpsons game has split screen. Hmm. Which which is a point over because I am very fond of the Lego games because um, to me they kind of harken back to a sort of logical evolution of Spyro the Dragon like they they're okay a, that's they're, a, I, hmm. well they cut from a similar cloth like that, I'm not they're not at all the same game but no. they're they're kind of um, because the the sort of uh, combination of collectathon with a uh, kind of having to return back later on is sort of what I mean. Um, like a clear yeah, visible, okay. I can't yeah. get there just yet. And, you know, that's a very broad stroke from someone who clearly played only like five or six different PS1 games and then branched out in the PS3, PS4 sort of generation. Um, yeah. I don't have any interesting things to pull out of my bag, like Bugs and Taz Time Busters. <laughs> um just Which... you wait. One day I'm going to get to talk about Sheepdog and Wolf. That's going to be great. <laughs> it um... sounds like it sounds like you're the person who programmed the games onto the PlayStation Classic. <laughs> oh no, the PlayStation. If I had made the PlayStation Classic, Sheepdog and Wolf would have made that list. Absolutely, that would have. I've genu... I mean, um, the PlayStation Classic. With, with how many of those games had you heard of? Oh. We're doing this thing. We're very easily distracted on this episode. Right, look, <laughs> I'm going to look up the list of PlayStation Classic games while also telling, talking about the Simpsons game. Okay. Right. The thing with it, right, the final character that I hadn't talked about yeah. was Bart. Yeah. And Bart is the most annoying character to play in this game by quite a long shot because here are Bart's powers. Bart can climb on vines like any video game character should be able to do. Yeah. Bart can glide for most of the game really badly and imprecisely. Yeah, okay. And Bart has a slingshot that is mostly crap. Yeah, that's, like it that... just does so little damage compared to that's that's why I said that Gummy Homer was was really useful because he gets a ranged attack and the thing is Bart always has a ranged attack and it is not sufficient. Yeah, and it's just an absolute... So playing as Bart is really tedious, and it's really annoying because all of Bart's powers are like things that should have been there by default. Well, he he's designed to be um, 
his his moveset is very similar to um I mean obviously it's similar to Batman but it's similar to Batman in the Arkham games. No. <laughs> I laid that trap because, for you. <laughs> because well for one thing so he's got a grapple hook that's yeah. the most context specific grapple hook in any video game I've ever played. Well like it, it, it might as well be just it's just an excuse to make it so that only Bart can go somewhere. Well, but it's it. That's the thing. It's it's the most useful for like. I, I guess it's like every character's got a sort of specialty thing, and Bart's specialty thing is he's mainly the sort of. Even though Homer's the most fun to travel with, Bart's the most useful. Like that's that's why he. The climbing Bart. Now, if you're gonna attack Bart for like, because he is very useful at traveling, and I can say as someone who did dabble in the open world, he he gets once you've got all his powers he's actually not terrible to travel with but i will yeah his his glide requires the upgrade the upgrade you don't have the... his upgrade on the glide it's just awful well it goes from almost nothing to actually beneficial yeah. um but yeah. the the one thing that again i i um i will lay down my sword and allow you a point in this fencing match <laughs> we're having is the vine climbing is unforgivably terrible. So look, this is why this is why I find Bart annoying. It's not because Bart has these powers and these powers. Look, vine climbing is boring in every video game. No, I've but ever it's played. so bad. It's any... not that it's it's not that it's boring. It's that it's like so often like the, one of the earliest vine climbing sections. If you go, if you jump, you'll jump away from what you're trying to climb up. If you move to the left, you'll not move it to the left enough and you'll fall down. And for some reason, you won't grab the vines as you go down. You'll have to go all the mm. way back down and you have to start again. It's the worst thing ever. But this is the thing. Best video I game expect... you've never played, by the way. <laughs> I expect the ability to climb vines or ladders or netting to be something that just any character can do. And like, playing as Homer is a big bouncy ball is fun. Yeah. Playing with Lisa's Hand of Buddha thing is fun. Yeah. Using Marge's Pikmin Light stuff, it's fun. Yeah. Climbing things is not fun. No, he's... And neither is gliding when the glide is really bad for most of the game. And the zip line isn't great either. The zip, Well, the zip line is just context. It the is, zip line it... is just a press button... Only, only Bart can go here. Off he goes. But like it's not, it's not a mechanic. It's a gate. But of all the characters, when you get there, like they, they have like these temporary upgrade things that you can get. Bart's is the best. No, it's not. It's the worst. He no, just gets oh, better slingshot. No, it, it's he gets the lasers. <laughs> Homer's is. Like, oh, 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 sorry. You mean yes? We should. I thought you meant when the, they get like the final upgrade before the last few levels of the game. No, you mean. I mean the, the sort of temporary he... power ups you can find in levels that yeah. are like. And now your character is invulnerable and has improved in some way. And his is the best. You're right. He gets a laser, infinite firing laser that can go through glass. But that, that the is reason why mechanic. is because it, he's he's ceased to be the like movement character and become the fighting character and you realize that yeah. like it, it, i guess it sort of measures up to the fact that when unupgraded all the characters as a whole aren't all that useful homer aside um because all of bart's things kind of represent that lack of ability the yeah, fact that his and... slingshot is so weedy. The fact that his glide is like I mean, every time you finish gliding you expect the game to just go, oh what what. Yeah, and it's usually like you need to jump and glide, and I'll jump and glide, and the game's like, No, you got it slightly wrong, so you're falling into this pit of lava or water or whatever, and you're gonna have to do it again. It's just like Okay. Yeah. Alright. 
Yeah, but it's, it's just not, a bit it's nice, like though, it's not it? fun. It's not like so the gliding in Spyro is fun. Yes. The gliding in Spyro is satisfying to pull off and there's a trick with the hover at the end and it's like this it's this and it's something that you can do anywhere in the game mm. and it's like sometimes it's like specifically how you solve a puzzle and sometimes it's just how you get around and it's fun and it's a yeah. way to skip over a bit and in this game the glide is only useful in specific circumstances and it's never satisfying to use and i feel like that represents bart's problem is that his mechanic the main thing he can do that's like an actual traversal or combat thing that the other characters can't do is both boring and badly implemented okay i I understand that, and I kind of when I was playing through it, and I was um, I was measuring up all the characters. I came to that conclusion quite early on as well. Like, yes, yeah. if if ever it was a Bart level, I would switch to the better alternative. And yes, I yeah. first thought that Bart would be better at combat, but as soon as I started playing as Lisa, I thought, no, actually, Lisa's better at combat. Yes, because um, Lisa has the ability to make allies, to make enemies her ally. That's an, up, that, that's an upgrade. She doesn't that's have an that upgrade. In, well, and she doesn't it's have a that cheap upgrade. Like, you yeah. you can just, like, it's not like, with the, with each of the characters, you have, like, a power meter that you need to charge. And mm. then, like, when you reach a certain quota, you can pull off a super move. Yeah. Uh, Lisa's standard move that isn't charged is better than a super move because it turns enemies into allies. The super move is pretty useful for, like, just damage per second like yeah. i i would find myself using it all the time for certain th- but the you're right as soon as it's upgraded and you just and you toot the saxophone once and every every enemy in a quite close radius becomes an ally and that's a real distraction for the combat which um i assume is another thing you're going to pull out the bag at some point oh boy the <laughs> combat in the simpsons game very what, what early I will on say is i no, come on. Let me tell. Let me tell the listener first what it's about. No, but what I, I just want to. I just want to say this. I'm not going to defend the combat. What I am going to say is this is completely justifying what I made up in my head, which was listening to you complain about Oblivion would maybe not make the best <laughs> podcast, but it would delight me to no end to sit with you for an hour while you tell me why I'm wrong. And okay, well, I'm enjoying look, it so far. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now with the Simpsons combat. Yeah. Very early on in the game, there is a tutorial tooltip that pops up that says press square, square, triangle to pull off a power combo. Yeah. And I sort of chuckled to myself and went, what video game doesn't use square, square, triangle as the combo? I think every action beat up I can ever think of is button, button, different button. Mm. That's the combo for the game. And I thought, okay, it's early in the game. It's an early tooltip. Surely the combat, will sh- it does not. It does not change in the slightest Every single level requires square, square, triangle. It's not just square, 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 triangle. It is specifically square, square, then triangle. You cannot press, you cannot just press triangle when you want to end the combo. You cannot go triangle, square. You have to go square, square, triangle, and you have to do it over and over and over again in every single level because every single level is full of enemies. The main way that you fight them is square, square, triangle. Maybe you use one of the powers that we talked about earlier. Maybe if you get lucky you'll get one of the powers but then when that runs out of power meter square square triangle and okay. do it and do it forever and it's just 
infuriating <laughs> because at no point in the game did I like square square triangle. At no point in the game was I like, oh good, square square triangle's back. We're going to have a great time playing square square triangle. No, I was like, I can't wait for this section to end because round the corner, there's probably something quite fun to do. There's probably going to be the bit where the hand of Buddha comes up or maybe I'm going to have to do some like vaguely all right platforming or something and it's just gonna no no square square triangle every single level endlessly sometimes sometimes the game doesn't tell you that you're supposed to move on and infinitely spawns enemies until you realize that actually you aren't supposed to be doing square square triangle at all you were supposed to be trying to get past these enemies because they're never gonna stop coming and it was your fault and then sometimes you go okay well clearly then the game's decided that it will infinitely spawn things until i progress with the game and that's how this game works and then some sections it's like no i've just spawned an unreasonable large amount of enemies and you are supposed to kill them all you're not supposed to progress stop looking for ways to progress you're going to be killed by everything until you square square triangle them all and that's that's what i hated about this game that's the thing about this game that i was like i just it's so annoying because it's right right in this game there are so many bits of this game i really liked i thought were really interesting and cool and i thought were great and all of it was behind square square triangle <laughs> I 100% okay that was one of the best things that's ever happened to me in my life <laughs> um, and you know I'm going to be getting married fairly soon and I think I, that I'd struggle to top what just happened there I, I sincerely believe that you getting married will top that and if it doesn't <laughs> then you have some severe psychological issues you need to deal with because that was <laughs> that was uh, what I, I um, yeah okay <laughs> Yeah, no, look, I'm, that's it, that's it. I don't want you to defend that. I don't want you to come back and tell me, oh, actually, it's okay that everything in the game is square, square, triangle when it isn't one of the... Because it's not fun. It's not fun. I died a lot in this game. And it's not because the game is, like, difficult in a good way. It's just arbitrary. There's, like, a level towards the end where you have to fight just lots and lots of lawyers. Yeah. Just lots and lots and lots of them. And there's, like... <laughs> There's no way to do it. There's no way to do it in a way that isn't just boring. Can I can I say, when I was playing through the game, I saw the same notification you saw of Square Square Triangle. And because of the person I am, I forgot that immediately. Oh, no. And I never did Square Square Triangle until partway through when I was doing the combat. And the thing about it is, I, I existed purely on Square. Um, because again, I'm. Oh, a that fan won't of... do any good. Well, that's the thing. Again, I'm a fan of the Dynasty Warriors franchise, and so the square button. Me and the square button have a real love hate relationship. I love it. It fucking hates me. <laughs> but um, basically, if you just do square, there's a like eighty percent chance that someone will block your attack, and you. Yeah, the, it doesn't yeah. matter what you do. There's no visual cue yeah, that it's not just... happening, but you'll just be punching uh, yeah. forever. And when I remembered, oh yeah, square square triangle. I cannot tell you how satisfying square square triangle was because but did you not find like if it was like i think it would be okay if it was triangle ends the combo i see what you're saying and i actually i do disagree with that because what i'm i only disagree with what you said about how it specifically has to be square square triangle because i found that if i mashed square a bunch of times because i don't know if what it wants is for me to press square square triangle or for me to press triangle at the point where two attacks have landed and obviously right. obviously when you're in combat like that 
you don't press square for every time you want to land a punch. You mash square like your life depends square, on yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I found myself doing both, and it was quite forgiving with both of them because there's a real kind of visual feedback that the triangle has landed. And but I. There's, but there's nothing fun about it. Well, there's nothing fun. There's nothing fun about the beat 'em up combat in this game because it's not strategic. Like it's not some. It's not like. Uh, just for two examples, it's not like Bayonetta. Okay. Where there's like heaps of combos to learn, and the game's also very good at like everything can bleed into each other, and there's this sort of very strong sense of flow throughout the combat. Yeah, and it's not like Batman Arkham games where In that it's, it's like kind of rhythmic almost yeah where it's like there are specific cues you need to look out for if you know what you're doing in this you can perfectly like win this scenario yeah. instead it's like an old school cabinet beat-em-up game where it's mm -hmm. just like mash the punch button mash the kick button mash the punch button mash the kick button but not in a way that's like discernibly <coughs> fun not in a way that's like gonna Nothing about nothing about beating up things in this game was ever satisfying to me. Everything is either a pushover or a nightmare to kill, the and thing nothing about, in between. What, what you can then I <laughs> I'm not going to stop grinning for the next few weeks. But um, <laughs> the the thing about that is the square square triangle. I, that's where you then use the other powers, and that's where you then use that because you said that Lisa's like charge thing isn't that useful, but everyone's like charged power meter move can really save you a bunch of square square triangles it can it, it can, can it can really save them i think i would say marge's is probably the best because of like how focused and yet widespread yeah the it's just damage a blast areas. it's just a blast that does a lot of damage yeah right? uh and it's kind of similar to homer's but i feel like homer's doesn't have quite as big of a stretch um but it it's the thing yeah the thing is it's just that it was the least interesting part of the game, and it's 70% of the game. That's true. And I'm um, one of the things that I'm amazed by is I, I knew that it, it it's not a good foundation to build your game on, but you hated it so much that you said, and I quote, the platforming is fine. Yeah. And it it's not. Do you not think? I thought the platforming was fine in this game. The platforming... Like not I can't Not believe like that basically good. what's going to happen now is the one thing that you liked, I'm then going to persuade you is shit. I don't think it was good. I'm it, not saying it's like I'm not saying it's like a, a a reason to play this game, but I didn't I didn't at any point. I think maybe I found one section quite irritating because the camera wouldn't behave. The camera is a was, real issue. Yeah. Yeah, but it was generally all right. I thought I it, thought it was like it played like I would expect a 3D platformer to play. Well, it varies from it, it, there's a there's a slight range of things, and it ranges from fine to the worst thing that has ever happened to humanity, <laughs> out even outside of the video games industry. And the camera is a real issue in that. What climbing poles I found to be an issue, and this is these issues all stem from the fact that I was also trying to collect all the things. So I had to do an awful lot of the optional platforming stuff. And there's a there's a lot of one of the cool things about it is it's got have you ever played did you ever play ukulele? Yes, I have played ukulele. Ukulele's yeah. got this this odd thing about it where if you are familiar with 3D platforms platformers, you look around the landscape and you kind of in your head autofill in what'll be an invisible wall and what won't be. But actually mm. if you're in ukulele and you try and jump off some of like the background geometry, you'll find that it's tangible. And yeah. you can you can do some like insane things on it. And it's it all seems like it's fairly baked in. And I think a lot of the stuff that I found on ukulele, I think I found in a way that was perhaps not 
the way that I mean, I guess it's intentional in some way because someone must have let that happen. But it might not be. Yeah, there's a good chance. Um, <laughs> it's a good chance they just made background geometry solid, and the payoff was you found a, a, a ridiculous way to get some of the items. Yeah, and I found myself uh, in the Simpsons game testing what geometry was tangible and finding ways through it because I, as I say, I, I was shooting for 100%, and even though I didn't get it, I did put in a significant amount of work into getting it, and so. What I found is I was finding ways around using the geometry, and more of it's tangible than you would think. So in in that way, I quite like the platforming, because yeah, it, it, it feels like if you're good at platforming, you get rewarded by doing things that you perhaps shouldn't be allowed to do. Well, I think you and I are playing this game in a very different way, in that you're going for that completionism, trying to collect everything, and I'm just trying to get through the story of the game. You're playing it in a way that I think... I I think if if we were to, in some way... Because I actually think that this game's worth looking at, and I mm. would recommend playing it the way you played it. I would recommend yeah. nobody plays it the way I play it, and <laughs> I see me as a cautionary tale. I mean... I. I can be it's, the I, I can be the sign that says here there be trolls. It's a tough it's a tough one for me to suggest. It's a tough one for me to suggest I would recommend it to someone. Like I'm not sure who I would recommend it to. Not to say that it's like really really bad. It's very or like really really specific. It's just that it's like if you're a fan of the Simpsons, it's not the right era of the Simpsons. Yeah, and... but even then it's like it it's a game that's clearly made for fans of The Simpsons because it is brimming with Simpsons references. It like it yeah. can't stop itself from Simpsons references. Some of these Simpsons references are like a fun idea. One of the levels in the game is that you fight uh, the Lard Lad from yeah. the Treehouse of Horror where he's going around stomping with the donut. That's a cool idea for a level in a Simpsons game because that's a reference that makes sense that's great. Yeah. In that same level, when you finish it, the reveal is that it's Sideshow Bob working with the aliens. Now, this isn't relevant. Yeah. That's not a revelation that's like, oh, that's what's been going on. The characters even go, why are you here? Yeah. And he says, don't think about it, and then steps on a rake. And that is the end of the... Inter and it's like, I'm there, and I'm a fan of The Simpsons. I, I know why that reference has happened. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, that's not why I like that joke. Yeah. That joke isn't, ha ha, Sideshow Bob stepped on the rake. The that, joke that's... with that is originally the like the the weird mundanity of the fact that he endlessly steps on the same rakes over and over again. Basically, that was what the that, joke. that joke is the seed that then grew into Family Guy. Yeah, and this game has very Family Guy-ish writing. There's loads of just references for references sake At that's the point, background stuff there's a lot of there's there's an awful no lot of... there's direct references oh, okay. throughout the story that's just grind stuff to a halt like at one point uh at one point willie does a reference to planet of the apes because he sees like a novelty statue of liberty yeah and then there's another point where um, oh, I can't even remember what it is. No, that was it. Uh, you throw a parody version of Donkey Kong into some lava, and, and he does the thumbs up from Terminator Two. Yeah. Okay. And you're like you're just ref you're just you're just reminding me of things that you like, and it doesn't make sense. There's no joke to this it's beyond you recognize that thing. It's really odd that they do that as well because there's a lot of. Um... The, the, those direct things are like I actually hadn't 
recalled those when I was talking about it. The background stuff is basically what it basically is is parody puns, and I'm mm. a little bit of a sucker for that. And I got some joy <laughs> looking at all the posters, like just knocking around some of the levels. And yes, yeah, it, there's it, like sitar hero. And, yeah, yeah, and like um, that stuff's fine. I don't Metal Gear soiled. Uh, yes, yeah. Just things yeah. like that, yeah. And um, so that's that's another thing about it that I think we should talk about is that we've been discussing the Simpsons side of the game. Yeah. But this game is a like a basically the highest budget parody of video games I've ever seen. Yeah. Like there are full level parodies that make fun of Katamari Damase, mm-hmm. uh, Pokemon. They make fun of Medal of Honor. Yeah. Uh, one of the recurring bad guys you have to beat up is footballers from NHL. Yeah, and uh, Ryu as well. Oh, NFL, sorry, NFL. Uh, Ryu as well, yeah, a yeah. parody version of Ryu. Mario and Sonic are in it in a sort of, like, depressed version of themselves. Yeah, and the Coopers as well. That's the thing. That's when you were saying about the direct references, I actually felt a, a pang of disappointment because the thing is, it has references like that, but they're done in sort of, like, clever ways because if you stand around and listen to the depressed-looking Sonic the Hedgehog, he'll make references to Sonic the Hedgehog that are themselves jokes. Like it, yeah. he'll he'll like he'll talk about like Eggman and he'll he'll make some kind of quip about that and and stuff like that and that's why I was kind of disappointed when you reminded me of those things that clearly my brain was protecting me from. Well, this is the thing: the video game side of this game is quite good. Those jokes do land quite well, and it's sort of it's quite interesting that the penultimate four levels of the game. So there's like the way the game opens up is that you do have like the ability to choose different episodes at different times. You do have to beat them all to progress, but like you can go to different ones and just do them in any order. And the last four in this game are direct parodies of video games that you have to go into as The Simpsons uh, to collect key cards, which is the classic video game trope. Yeah, which they do draw attention. Obviously, when you say something's a classic video game trope, they obviously draw attention to it. Yes, there's a section that parodies Space Invader. There's a section that parodies Missile Command. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon. Uh, the, uh, yeah, Pokemon. There's an, uh, a reference to Adventure on the Atari. Yeah. Um, and this stuff's like, I'm playing this and I'm like, this is the game that it should have been yeah. the whole time. Even though this is also the stage where the plot of the game is the most bizarre, surreal, and like, like I say, that feeling of, of just feeling unwell. Like, just <laughs> this idea that, like, like Homer and Marge are now like elves in an EverQuest parody and they're rounding up hobbits of Ralph to fight troll Moe's and there's just this feeling yeah. in my head of like oh I'm going to pass out in a sec yeah um, yeah I, I know what you mean <laughs> and like it, it, but but that was the most interesting part of the game and there's a part of me that's like why why didn't you make this game why is it that this this ending section here which is definitely making the best use of all the mechanics and is definitely the most visually interesting and the most like satisfying premise that you've come up with. Mm. Why did I have like three or four levels at the start that felt like an exaggerated episode of The Simpsons? Then yeah. three or four levels that were like Treehouse of Horror, but like the seriously unfunny Treehouses of Horror. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the Treehouse of Horror that... Like, the the joke about the Treehouse of Horror is that each one's, like, seven minutes long, so it's just long enough mm. to set up a premise and then do all the jokes within it. But obviously, in, in a video game, the premises are set up, and now you have to play the premises for however long it takes for it to stop being quaint. Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, so, and this is the thing, is that that's kind of what I felt like the video game levels succeeded in, 
Mm. was that you'd go in and they were like they were very high on novelty and i don't mean that as a criticism i think the novelty in this game is where it succeeds the fact that it keeps changing the fact that each level is very very unique in a lot of different ways it seems to have been made by one of the one of the things that struck me most is it's it's such a in, in some ways it's such a high quality kind of licensed game because it seems like everyone along the way was a fan of a the source material and b video games so the rise of the simpsons clearly came across as video game fans and it goes beyond like whenever you hear like donkey kong mario and sonic references you kind of roll your eyes and think okay it's going to be sort of pixels level kind of um references of like oh do you remember video games from the 80s and no further but yeah. if you look at the background detail and even some of the future levels, like the the references are very contemporary. And then obviously you've got the the fact that the whole thing was made to feel, and it does feel like an episode of The Simpsons. Um, yeah, they've done a good job. The graphical style from a distance works pretty well. Hmm. I, like, I yeah, I, was, the... I I wanted to say about the graphics um, because it. One of the things I noticed about the graphics is if you pan around, no matter how much you pan around with the camera, it looks like every character is their 2D cartoon drawing, which is not what you can say for Simpsons Hit and Run. Yeah, Hit and Run Simpsons are the most terrifying things that have ever been rendered in a video game. It's awful. Lisa alone is the most scary thing I've ever seen. Yeah, because because every single spine on her head has been like, each one is a cone. And it's canon that Bart actually looks like he's wearing a crown. He's got like an actual dip in his hair. It's so because they're like, we've got to got to render it in 3D. But the graphics, as as much as they're like early PS3 kind of Mm. And at the time, I would have defended the graphics, saying, "No, it, it looks great. Um, it doesn't, but it no, it looks it looks good at a distance. The art style, like so is... long as you don't zoom in on any of the character models, which the game does during like in-engine cutscenes, which is a big mistake, and they should not have done those. The in-engine cutscenes are just generally a mistake because, well, for one thing, I would say the in-engine cutscenes are funnier than the pre-rendered ones. I got. I got more laughs out of the... I kind of kept notes of jokes that I enjoyed. Um, <laughs> and um, the in-engine cutscenes were sort of higher quality on average than the pre-rendered cutscenes, which is kind of indicative of late Simpsons. Because there's some kind of... There's a kind of joke style to late Simpsons that kind of turns me off a bit. Um, there's a sort of yeah. rhythm to jokes that I, I can... I, it's it's so odd because I couldn't explain it to you, but I could point it out every time it happens and say that's well, a new Simpsons trope and it and I, I'm not keen on it. Well, this is the thing. There's a joke early on in the game where Bart finds the manual and says, wow, we're in a game. I thought the only game we played was that we pretend that Dad isn't an alcoholic. Yeah. And like that joke, I'm like, that's the, that's the like whip-smart Simpsons humour that really lands for me. I thought that joke was great. Yeah. I, and the, then the, yeah. sometimes it's just like Sideshow Bob steps on a rake because that's what Sideshow Bob does. Yeah. And we like it when Sideshow Bob turns up. I And by and the way, like, I, I watched uh... that episode fairly recently and I knew what the most popular episodes that people, the ones that people generally said were the funniest. The episode where he steps on the rake, I would, I would say is the best episode. And it's amazing oh, that it's it's so consistently like it's almost like a series of vignettes and every single like two minute vignette has 
at least one smaller joke and one major joke that seems to consistently land. And I did feel my eyes roll slightly when they did that because it, it was just a reference to the most famous thing that happens in that episode. Yeah, and it's just because this is what I was saying, like the people who wrote this game are clearly fans of The Simpsons because mm. clearly there was a discussion that they went, well, Sideshow Bob has to turn up. We, you yeah. know, you can't, you can't do a Simpsons thing without Sideshow Bob. And I feel like that that's like anathema to writing. You can't yeah. just put something in because the audience would like the references. Like, no, what if you're putting Sideshow Bob in this, he needs to have a relevant reason to be in the game. And if yeah. he doesn't fit, take him out. I would say it's not something that if I got to the end of this game and Sideshow Bob wasn't in it, I don't think I would care. Because he's he's definitely a major part of The Simpsons in terms of quality. Like generally speaking i mean first of all kelsey grammar is always amazing mm. he but... seems very game for playing sideshow bob because i feel like it, an, yeah like sideshow bob is a very fun character but he also directly makes fun of kelsey grammar's politics so you know in some respects fair play yeah he's <laughs> yeah i think that's that's sort of testing him but the thing is i mean um i don't i don't know a lot about kelsey grammar but what i do know is the film that came out fairly recently money plane so I think mm. to some extent Kelsey Grammer maybe maybe he owes people some money and he needs <laughs> he, he he just needs that kind of regular paycheck because early early appearances are definitely high quality and I imagine like most things in the Simpsons it's kind of trailed off slightly and especially that role like you know it it won't have been sold to him on the script because possibly not no i think probably yeah. took it because there was good money. well look, actually something we haven't even said and it is something that is to this game's credit they got everyone in everyone's voice is the correct voice they did and that's something that actually you slightly slightly missed out on by not doing the open world because the open mm. world kind of has like i would say a rotation of maybe 50 characters who are some of them are like inextricably linked to the simpsons and some are kind of only like recognizable if you've watched quite a few episodes and it is quite enjoyable to see npcs every single npc is someone you know it's there's never an npc in the open world or or anything like that who isn't recognizable and immediately like that's why they are there and they they have some some fun lines and again it's it's more like a kind of it's like those apps you could get in the early uh, the the early sort of iPod app store where it was like a kind of catchphrase generator and it's kind of oh yeah 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 it's it's sort of reliable fun to just wander around and every now and then you'll see a character and you'll be like I'm gonna go over and see what this character has to say and well I I got a little bit of that but I hated that okay because it's <laughs> but i hated that because you're right they're all recognizable um characters from the show yeah and they're all wandering around just doing whatever but mm. they're all just saying their lines and again it's that whole thing of there's no context yeah like, the context of the jokes that these people are saying are not occurring to them like i came across hans Molman. i love hans Molman. Mm. hans Molman is one of the funniest like punchline characters he in is, the Simpsons. Yeah. And he just says, oh, you're doing your work today, Mr. Sun. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the punchline to a visual gag that's not happening right now. Yeah. Right now, he's walking down the street. There's yeah. no reason for him to say this. You get a bit more out of it if you talk to them. as Certain characters have character-specific comebacks if you turn up and talk to them as a certain character. And that's kind of what I mean. Because, I, again, I do agree that... Because you'll walk up and you'll... If you've watched a few episodes of The Simpsons you could even place where the punchline comes from. And the problem mm. with The Simpsons is 
there aren't many characters that that exist on punchline alone and frankly the ones that do aren't great (laughs) like the ones who like turn up and you know i would say you don't really need a lot of context around what disco stew says for instance yeah but i don't necessarily find disco stew randomly saying oh yeah inherently funny that's what i, I mean just, that's, yeah it's no, just that, something that's it's just something that's happening near me that, that's <laughs> that's the thing isn't, isn't that enough though but that's i mean look one of the game's options is to turn down the verbosity of how many times characters say their lines and by the end is it really? really had to turn that down yeah there is there's an option to make them talk less oh my god that's isn't that's amazing though I, I it's see good that. that it's in there, but it's a real telling sign that it's in there. I guess. I, I, I kind of, I see that as more like a sort of, I, I don't know, I see that as more of a sort of fourth wall break that it maybe doesn't deserve to see. When I'm talking about Discus G, what I mean is he's a character who, ex, who like, it, the funniest thing he could say is a, a, a tightly packed punchline. And that's not a good thing because he's not the funniest character. Yeah. 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 And it's, I think, like, it's just... The, it, it has it does have that video game quip problem mm-hmm. which a lot of games particularly games that are trying to be comedy games have which is where they just load the level with like uh bart has 20 lines for this level yeah and he'll say them over and over and over again randomly yeah um and i'm not really sure why uh, yeah. i guess it's to reassure you something's happening um, it's, it's to get the it's money's like, worth out of the voice actors really well they're getting their money's worth definitely i yeah. mean poor um Oh, what's his name? The guy who plays Principal Skinner and Monty Burns. Uh, oh, is that? Uh, oh, it's either Hank Azaria or. Um... It's not Hank Azaria. Then Hank Azaria uh... is gunning to be cancelled in this game because he will not stop doing foreign accents. Um, <laughs> I know what you mean. And yeah, when Mr. I played... Sparkle comes back, and that that does not fly these days. No, and, <laughs> and I'll admit when I got to that level, I um because we'll again this is something else we'll circle back round to um is the sort of dawning realization of what i'd recommended when i started playing it again um and it was when i got to that level that i thought oh no (laughs) am i gonna am i gonna be the face of what's happening here no like i like look it's 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 of its era mr sparkle was already a dated reference yeah i i i know i know what you mean but there was a point where i just I, i did just think i i'm i'm not someone who who necessarily thinks that that is grounds for punishment but it's definitely not something that i want to be like stood up on the battlement saying come on guys you can yeah you you can do anything in comedy can't you watch this no look it's clearly of its era it's clearly dated yeah it's like and like hank azaria like the history of hank azaria in the simpsons is hank azaria would voice anyone regardless of how much of an idea it was that that was a good idea yeah. Um, yeah. No. It's, sorry. It's Harry Shearer. Harry, Harry Shearer, Shearer it, yeah. is like is like seventy percent of the lines in this game, and he's not even one of the Simpsons. Like he is just playing yeah. relentlessly all the NPCs in this game, and yeah. that's really <laughs> impressive because um, it's actually quite difficult to get him. The Simpsons theme park ride does not feature Harry Shearer at all. Okay. He refused to be part of it. That's that's uh, odd. So, yeah, so this is one of the things that's kind of interesting that I'm surprised they got him. And I'm guessing the reason they got him is because they agreed that they wanted him to, uh, he, like, he agreed because the writers were on board. Uh, and the writers there's a chance did it. that, because this came out a similar-ish time to the film, do you think maybe this this was made first and he was just burnt out? 
This was made before the Simpsons ride. Okay, well, uh, I may, maybe that's the case, but this is kind of, the, yeah, he's he's definitely with without him, you could definitely do a Simpsons ride, but without him, this game would be a lot quieter. It would, it would. And look, this came out the same year as the Simpsons movie. Did it come out the same? It came out the same year. Yeah, Simpsons I movie came out two thousand seven. Okay, I thought it was two thousand and six, but that's because that's because the <laughs> amount of research I did was I checked the Wikipedia article um of the game during the brief window of time between me asking what's this call gonna be on and you telling me but look here's the thing like the simpsons movie i think succeeds very well because they did a very good job of like the scale blew up to the size of a film Mm. but they managed to focus it back in on the family and that's one of the things that's very successful about the simpsons movie and would have been a great point to end the franchise um, <laughs> yeah, but the it, Simpsons it, game is like, yeah. what if we blow up the scale and blow up the scale and then blow up the scale? Because I kid you not, this is a spoiler for the end of the game. You go and meet Matt Groening, yeah, and have a boss fight with Matt Groening. And I thought, perfect. That's a really funny finale. It was really funny for Matt Groening to turn up. There's a brilliant joke he does where he's like, uh, like, get those Simpsons, Violet, who's his personal assistant. And she's like, yes, Mister Groening, it's Groening. Are you sure? No. I, um, I enjoyed that joke, but not as much as I enjoyed the other one when they walk into the house, see him, and he says something like, it is I, TV's most beloved animator. And Homer says, Seth MacFarlane? Yes, yeah. And it's like it's a good joke. It's a yeah. good joke. And then like, you do a boss fight with him, and like the minions you're fighting are Zoidberg and Bender. Yeah. And it's like, I'm there going like, this is a fun and cool finale. This feels like a great way to take this game. Yeah. Fair enough. It's bizarre, it's mad, it's a fever dream, but it's fine. I quite like this. I quite like this finale. Yeah. And then that wasn't the end of the game. (laughs) Because insanely, beyond all fathomable reason, the game then goes, well, Matt Groening's gone. Who can we go to other than him? God. So so Lisa, Lisa builds a stairway to heaven. With her magic Buddha hand power, which is already confusing because how is she using a Buddha power to go meet the Christian god? But all right. And then you go to heaven. And then you have to fight William Shakespeare as a boss. Yeah, you do. And then and then you have to get through heaven and heaven's full of aliens and loggers. It's full of all the enemies you fought throughout the game. Yeah, Every dolphins. Day. Yeah. And <laughs> which means sorts, that, really. Yeah. That's for some reason. They're all there. And then, and then you have to fight... Um, Benjamin Franklin. Yep. <laughs> who, when you beat up, splits into smaller Benjamin Franklins. Yeah, he does. And then, and, and then and what then happens, Lewis? And then you have to. <laughs> what happens? You have after to beat God in a game of DDR, Dance Dance Revolution. But it's a version of Dance Dance Revolution that doesn't actually sink to any discernible beat. Um, what it's playing you Here do? I what? Am, Rock You Like a Hurricane, but it's a sort of dance remix of Here I Am, Rock You Like yeah. a Hurricane. And again, none of the gameplay syncs to this music. You just have to tap buttons like a cheat code and at the end. And then at the end, God <laughs> says, you're in a game and I'm in a game and the person playing this is in a game and Ralph Wiggum's in charge. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> and it's just like, why? <laughs> what? Is- you had a good ending. You had a really neat little cute ending and it was to go to Matt Groening. That was a cute idea. That because was something that the show 
couldn't do yeah. that like you as a video game could do and it was a fun idea yeah and then it just i can't get over the boss fight where benjamin franklin splits into smaller benjamin franklins i'm like what the why why is where this com- happening do you remember where he comes from as well like you have he to comes build out of a starbucks he comes, out of a starbucks, he comes out of a starbucks and you ask him can you let us in and he says no i'm gonna beat you up and then you beat up benjamin franklin but he doesn't just come out of a starbucks Lewis, he comes out of a Starbucks that you built by commanding hobbits. Yes, he does. You command. March commands a group of hobbit Ralph Wiggums to build a Starbucks, so that Benjamin Franklin comes out. Prior to this, you've had to use some dolphins. You've had to freeze some dolphins yeah, to create some steam so that Homer and Bart can open the door by stepping on two switches. Like, do you know what? Do you know what I mean when I say this game is a fever dream? I, but like yeah. this game, like. I'm not anyone listening to this who thinks I'm like missing a step no. or not like or not like I didn't understand what was going on. No. no, the comprehensive explanation of what happened is Marge uses a series of Hobbit Ralph Wiggums to build a Starbucks that Benjamin Franklin comes out of, refuses to help you. You beat him up. He splits into smaller Benjamin Franklins. You eventually beat up the Benjamin Franklins. Once you've done that, you then go and meet God. He refuses to help you, but then you. You beat him in a game of DDR and Bart threatens to throw away his memory card. And which has God's the same like, games of Oblivion on. Which has the same games of Oblivion on. So there's a wonderful circularity to all this now. That, but side I nearly note, cheered. that doesn't work because there is memory cards don't exist on these consoles. There's no, no memory card data for Oblivion. That doesn't make sense. If he's going to throw his console, that would have worked. But then God's like, oh no, you're in a game. And they're like, we know we're in a game. And then God's like, oh, but what you don't understand is that the person playing this is also in a game. And then they're like, are you in a game, God? And he's like, I'm not in a game. And I'm sat here going, well, I'm playing the game you're in. I don't, what? But, and then Ralph Wiggum comes in at the end. And that's the end of the game. And it's just like. Yeah. <laughs> it's. They gave up. They gave up. They I just completely lost their minds. I, I will say that that, that ending is the reason why I had fond memories of this game. It's the whole reason that that game was recommended to you. It's because when I played it through initially in 2008, it's kind of ho-hum, and some of the references are cute. But then, like, this is where where it stuck with me, because I suggested the Simpsons game to you 13 years after I played it initially, (laughs) because the ending is... And I didn't... Whenever I would tell people about it, I didn't say DDR. I thought it was a reference to Guitar Hero. I thought you were playing Guitar Hero against God to the song Rock You Like a Hurricane by the Scorpions. And that alone was like, that's going to stick with me for ages. And it did, you know, playing it again, I noticed the Benjamin Franklin thing. And again, it shows the difference between the two of us that I was just like, yep, fair enough. Okay, that's happening now. Because I knew what would happen at the end. And that's the the thing that this game has, is it's got so many of those moments where it's like, in a snapshot you can say, here's why you should play this game. And the reason why, and I didn't tell you about the boss fight at the end, if I was like, if mainly because I mean, I, I knew that you were going to play. Can I just it. take a moment? Can I just take a moment to say it's it's a really rubbish boss fight. It's a great boss fight. No, it's a rubbish boss fight because it's a rhythm game that has no rhythm. I it doesn't I, the I, the inputs yeah. don't match the rhythm of what you're supposed to be doing. It's it's at a, all. It's a great boss fight because Rocky a like a hurricane. Rocky fight. like a hurricane is a great song. Rocky but, um, like a hurricane is a great song, and it's really fun to play it in Guitar Hero because the guitar syncs up with the song. 
it's okay you don't get any benefit for like waiting until the right moment to press i'll accept but also one of the things you left if you press wrong it kills you yeah but you don't get it for like pressing at like the perfect moment because i would press it no 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 you don't get it pressing at the perfect moment but also the prompts don't they don't line up Oh really? They just don't. I, it's just no. It's you're just entering a cheat code. That's odd. I it's didn't... just up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. That's I didn't have doing. that. Problem. It doesn't match the music. Okay. Oh well. I, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because the mu- the odd thing is the music doesn't start and stop. The music plays through even in the sort of like little cutscene of like what's happening. Because because the two things you left out of that boss fight. Because yeah, you are playing DDR against God. But whenever you successfully hit it, what you're doing is you're doing damage to his consoles, which are all mm. which are all puns. Two of th- two out of three of them work as puns, and one of them I don't fully understand. Yeah, there's the prey station, which is amazing. The Exodus box. Yeah, and then the he. Yeah, the he I didn't really. I'm guessing it's he because it's like God is the capital H he. Side note, again, I know I've kind of half. Lisa is a Buddhist, and you're beating up the Christian God. What? Th- that's that's the other thing. I I would say that... it's, dis- it's a distinctly Christian God. They make it pretty clear he's a Christian God. Yeah, because the Exodus box has the has the, the the old fish on it, doesn't it? Um... Yeah, yeah, and it's like the, he references original sin and stuff like that. Like yeah. It's, it's bizarre. Also, it's just so bizarre. During your breakdown, you failed to mention what when you are pressing the button. Is it what what notes is it that are appearing? Are they like just little it's like just in guitar? Random NPCs from the game. Yeah, including Benjamin Franklin and Matt Greening. Matt Greening. Matt Groening appear occasionally yeah. as. The, so what and, you're doing and is Orkmo. <laughs> but they're all dancing as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just. <laughs> It just sort of happened, I'll be honest. It took it's, me a few goes. I wasn't very good at it. I think it took... Because the, because the rhythm doesn't match up with the notes. I think it took you a I few goes I can't restate that enough. You had to digest that, is the thing. Because I got it first time. But the reason why I got it first time, and I didn't miss a single note, is because I was prepared for what was happening. I imagine you failed it the first time just because you were in shock. Well, also, it just doesn't... It just doesn't control very well. It's... Look, look, look. I've stated it enough. Look, the final boss of this game is... is um. Look, there's like a thing. There's like a thing that I think is definitely true. It's definitely true of Hit and Run, and it's very true of a lot of PlayStation 1 games. Yeah. In that there's something about video games sometimes that can be quite scary. There's something about, like, um, particularly in PS1 games, the infinite void that expands outside of levels. If you ever went to the edge of a level in Spyro. Yes. And you just sort of look out to the eternal abyss of nothing, and you're like, oh my god, this dragon lives on this platform and nowhere else. There is nothing else in the world. There's a game I love that makes very good use of that terrifying abyss as a way of explaining its world. The Simpsons game kind of feels... It kind of it feels like a sort of hell for the characters that live in it. <laughs> it's, it's, like as a game, it's pretty fun, but as like a metaphysical concept, which the game made me think about. Yeah, it made me think about it as a metaphysical concept. It's just the it's very upsetting as an idea that anyone should have to like exist in it. Yeah, it's it it's creates this sort of paradigm that falls apart if you think about it for any length of time but that's sort of the consequence of because it's kind of i i don't know in in things that i've written like even including like stand-up that i've written i found that i i i think it maybe is a shorthand thing to do to maybe leap to a level of self-awareness it's something that i do a lot in stand-up it's something that Mm. i have done in other things that i've written and i feel like because I do it, maybe maybe I look on it like kind of derogatively, but I, I, I see it as like a kind of easy 
or catch all that you could definitely do and this game feels like it goes for that but then it doesn't just go for it once it kind of goes if we're gonna do this shit we're gonna do it seven times so it's it's not like what plane of reality is this performance on it, it it's you know are we on the fifth or sixth like we don't just go one level down it it's sort of like I... it's unraveling because because you're right Ralph Wiggum is the one who's like who witnesses the end cutscene on a TV, but then he goes over and knocks on the glass, implying that you're also viewing it. But they're also saying that the people who are playing the game uh, games, so they're like it is like six or seven levels down. And at this that is point, the thing is it no, it's this is right. There was a good line to draw on the metaness, and it was it was the boss fight with Matt Groening. Yeah, that was that was the correct place to draw the line on the metaness. Yeah. The problem with doing the you're in a video game, I'm in a video game ending is it makes everything inconsequential. It, it makes everything a dream. It's it's just, it's so ludicrous. It reminds me of the end of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. Where they turn up and arrest the cast of the film. And that's the <laughs> end of the film. There's no satisfying conclusion to the plot at all. They yeah. deliberately basically go out their way to go. There is no plot. And the whole thing falls to pieces. Similarly, if you've seen the film Blazing Saddles. I the end not know. The end of the film Blazing Saddles is a mess of <laughs> meta references that don't make sense. And I feel like that's what happens with this game. It's like, yes, metaness can be really funny and interesting. And like the game the game even did the most interesting meta thing that I think you could do, which was the which was the references to other games and to put yeah. the Simpsons into other people's video games. That was the concept this game should have stuck with. It, it, that was the good idea. Yeah. And everything before that is mediocre to bad including that overworld which was a waste of resources because i bet most players don't bother with it the overworld i i think most players don't bother with it now i think at the time i think people did and i think the reason why people did at the time is because hit and run was quite recent in people's memories so i See, think that's the thing yeah i think that overworld is there because of hit and run i yeah. think they were making this game and they were told you are putting an open world in it because you are making the follow-up to simpsons hit and run yeah like in spirit even though it's clear that the game's development has no interest in being an open world game and that in my view was the correct decision there's no point making another simpsons open world game yeah hit and run's done it you will only pale in comparison because people really like that game and also yeah. what they chose to do with the actual game part of the game i think is better than hit and run i i would say that if you were to play hit and run through as a story game i i mean i don't think you'd get as much out of it as you do this game but then it comes down to what do you prefer do you prefer like a sandbox or a story-based thing and then that's where this this kind of is is better than hit and run in that aspect but mm. i i would say that i do actually disagree with you i mean my opinion on this game is kind of it's gone back and forth and uh, it's it's sort of shrouded a little bit my opinion and i'll i'll sort of express it in a second but <laughs> i would say the the cleverest thing it did was the final level that made you react like that because that's <laughs> the reason why it it has its own identity because it's it's not remarkable enough in its gameplay to be recommended on the basis of that it's not remarkable enough in it being a because it, it does feel like playing a Simpsons episode, but it feels like playing a Simpsons episode from like season something teen, which is mm. oh brilliant. Can I thank you? It's <laughs> it's not that's not a present. That's a yeah. That's, that's a concession. A sure. But the the thing that it's got is it 
you know, it's cool that that's probably playing it most recently. And looking back, that probably was my favorite mission is the one where you're fighting Bender and Zoberg and Matt Groening. That's the best yeah. mission in terms of like all that. But it doesn't lend itself to expressing to people what the the most sort of head-bangingly strange aspect of the game is. And it's like... The thing is, it, it does feel like there's nowhere to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I mean, like, there's evidence they, they in that said, in the fact that it's it's 14 years old and they've not made a sequel because they, they couldn't. Yeah, there's no there's no The Simpsons Game 2 that yeah. makes any sense yeah. at all. Like, this is the thing. Apparently, they called it The Simpsons Game to indicate it was like a fresh start for Simpsons games, which was wrong. This was yeah. the finale. This yeah, was the last it, possible Simpsons game you could do that wasn't a mobile game. I had no idea that's what they called it and if they, or, or why they called it. Uh, that and if i'd have known that that i would have ridiculed it because it's (laughs) you don't start at 11 come on and that doesn't go to 11 that goes much much higher and that's it's got that that, like that final mission you in five years time you will remember that the final boss of the simpsons game was playing ddr against god to rock you like a hurricane and oh, look, this game. I've got evidence yeah. of that, and that's that I remembered it. That's the whole basis of why I recommended <laughs> this game in the first place. Because I rattled through so many games of like, I, I I love this game. I love this game. I, and and I, you know, it's been well established that I drilled through quite a few because you didn't want to play Oblivion. And actually, when we met up, <laughs> I found out why you didn't want to play Oblivion, and it's some sort of like childhood trauma that's like. Oh, my brother always played Oblivion, and he would never let me play. And I thought, oh no, it's, no, it's nothing it's, like that. It's just, it's, it's just boring. It's, oh. it's just a boring. <laughs> game. I I've played, I've played, I've played Skyrim, and I just didn't care for it. I, I just don't like. I, I just I, don't I, like that type of game. Look, this is the thing. You want, you want me to do Oblivion? This is the Oblivion podcast. It's boring. Goodbye. Uh, no, I'm, I want, I want to do Oblivion because I, 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 okay. And again, this is a slight pullback and reveal behind the curtain. I asked you if I could be on this podcast because we are friends and yes, I yeah. like video games. Those were the two things. And I, I wasn't going to ask at first because I don't like imposing myself on people in that way. And yeah. then you said, I'm, I've done a podcast today about The Witcher 3. And my first thought was, if he's not played The Witcher 3, then he's, <laughs> he, what, what has he played? I assume not that much. So I you thought, assumed wrong. No, there's no, just I big blind spots for me with RPGs, in that, particular the, high fantasy RPGs. That I just was don't it. Play them. And then, I, and and at that point, I I listened to every single episode, and I'm I am genuinely a fan of this podcast, and uh, it it was Aww. I and I know <laughs> I um I've been listening to it and I'll I'll continue to listen to it. Um, but one of the things that I nearly sent you a message saying. I'll not be on it anymore because I listened to the Red Strings Club episode with you and Mungo talking about like all these existential things. And I nearly sent you a message saying, I'm going to be, you're going to be like setting out a children's table for me. Like here's my, (laughs) here's my sort of impish comedian friend who I've, you know, I've, I've done ridiculous things. Like I introduced you at a club by hiding behind a bush. (laughs) <laughs> like i i've done insane things like that oh, and, and yeah it was good yeah it was it was a really good game oh, but i miss I, live comedy <laughs> <laughs> i um but also the real like when i found out why you didn't want to play oblivion i i can't express to you how much i wanted you to play it just because i really did want to want you to 
have a breakdown. And I thought, well, I look, can't look, be on this it, podcast because of that. I'm not in a position to have a breakdown right now is unfortunately the problem you'll have. Maybe at some point in the future, we will revisit and I will play Oblivion. Yeah. But I'm not promising anything yet because I've got other things I need to do first. You've, well, you've However, got life to live and I will admit okay. that. But the, the thing is, <laughs> I when I knew that I'd recommended this game, because I recommended this game before I started, b- b- before I listened to the episode you did with Mungo. And I had been playing this game up until that point. And I listened to that episode, I think, the day before I was bringing you the disc. And mm. I'd been playing through it. And I had gone from someone who had like this kind of nostalgia about the game because I was like, it's, it is better than it deserves to be. And, there's, and I can't... If you said that this was the best video game you've never played, I know you're lying. But also, <laughs> I, I think you also... You took the disc from me and said, this won't be the best game I've never played. And I thought that's a level of pessimism that is both unfair and accurate. Well, look, but look, this is the thing I will give this game mm. actual credit for. Yeah. It, look, right, so we'll do this bit now. Is it the best video game I've never played? No. Is it the worst video game I played for this podcast? Not even close. Cool. Like, this game is actually quite good. Mm. I think there's a lot here that would be nice. I, I don't think I can recommend it to the listener because it's actually really hard to get a copy of, which surprises me. Well, this is the thing, is that it's only on the PlayStation 3, the um, Xbox 360... The Wii, the PS2, the DS, and the PSP. Oh, yeah, only. You can't... Well, no, but this thing, you can't buy this game, like, on a PS... On, like, on any of the Sony stores. I see, I don't yeah. even know if it's backwards compatible with the Xbox Series S and X and all of that lot. I, um, I, I'm going to go with possibly not, but I don't know. Like, if you try and buy this game now used, it's about 30 quid. Is it really? Yeah, it's it's like surprisingly rare. That's and I that's yeah. cool. <laughs> and so look, I'm grateful that I got the chance to play it because it is a unique curio in which the final boss is DDR against God. Yeah. Um but I don't think it's the best video game I played, but it was interesting. That's and I think it's more yeah. interesting than it deserves to be. And I would like, in terms of a different conclusion that perhaps someone listening to this is thinking of, I do think it's it's probably the best Simpsons video game. I that's think it's definitely such, better than Hit and Run. That's such mid-level praise, and I appreciate <laughs> it because couching it in that definition has turned what sounds on paper to be a compliment into a compliment with such a big asterisk next to it that it's like, <laughs> is it even a compliment anymore? No. Well, this is the thing. This is just in the realm of where you judge this game, mm. it does well within its realm. Outside yeah. of that realm, it, it falls down pretty quickly. It, but it, it's yeah. something that it. What's even more tricky is if by if, if you're listening to this podcast. By the way, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, uh, you you can borrow my copy. <laughs> well done on getting this far as well. Yeah. <laughs> this is, is a this is a long one. This I, is much longer than this game deserves. My assumption is when I saw the timer, and I've been seeing the timer for quite some time. My assumption is this is going to be cut down. Um, it, it probably will. It yeah. probably will. It probably cut out um, all the times that I asked you about other games. One of the things that's going to be cut out is this mention that I'm saying now, which is my dinner has arrived, so we need to wrap this up. <laughs> Mine's waiting for me downstairs. All I'll say, well, look, is, let's do this. Yeah. What I, what I will say is my the reason for being so apprehensive to actually go through with this podcast is because I had 
I, I had started playing, and this is why I think the final boss fight is absolute genius, is because it carried through to me enough that I was like, I remember this game being better than I thought it was. And I couldn't tell you any specific thing that happened in the hit and run, which I would have played a few years before. I couldn't, mm. beyond, when you started saying the bees and the buzz color, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that now. But I, every now and then, just out of nowhere, I'll be like, the final boss fight of the Simpsons game was DDR <laughs> against God to rock you like a hurricane. And that'll come back to you because of that. And that's the most genius thing because it's such a remarkable snippet of a thing to say to someone of like, this happens. And yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of like a thing that shouldn't exist, but does. Yeah. And it's such a brilliant kind of like water cooler thing of like, here's something that happens in the game and it does sound cool. And the rest of the game doesn't necessarily live up to it. It kind of, it kind of does in some ways. It kind of doesn't in other ways. And obviously like the complaints you've leveled are problems. And then I thought, I, I'm lending Lewis my disc. I won't be able to play it beforehand to reacquaint myself. I will play it a little while beforehand. And you had to like push it back by a week or two or something. And so I said to myself, okay, I'm going to be off work for a little while. I'm going to 100% this game for the first time ever. And obviously I didn't quite make it. And I that is why I nearly sent you a message saying I don't want to... Because I can't really fully... <laughs> The first thing you say is you're this game's champion, and I'm I'm not, I'm not this game's <laughs> champion because I can't like. Look, as far as I know, you're the only person I know who owns this game, and also so you're the only person who can defend it. Well, one of the things as well, um, I gave you that game, and it still has the price sticker on it, and the price... it does, and it does not deserve the price that is on the sticker. But the price sticker is actually strangely prophetic based on what you said because it's it's more than thirty, but not much more. Not much more, not much more. But look, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Chris. I'm That's okay. really I'm really glad to play what's turned out to be quite a rare and in, interestingly unique video game. And I hope I didn't I hope I didn't level too much anger at your door. No, because I wanted I wanted you to be I mean, I clearly wanted you to be angry because my first choice <laughs> was just I want Lewis to be angry at me for however long he can maintain that anger. And I'm very, very happy to have been allowed on, and I'm not sorry that I drove you to insanity at certain points. Huge thanks to Chris there for coming onto the podcast. Uh, it was a great time. It was a lovely time to have a conversation about it. I think The Simpsons game represents something that I really wanted in this podcast, which was to go over video games that I definitely had clocked, that I definitely realised was something that I wanted to play, and then actually getting a chance to play them and have a good conversation with someone about it. Because let's face it, if I'd played The Simpsons game by myself, no way I would have finished it. No way I would have gotten to that final boss with God. No way I would have ever found anybody to talk to about this video game. If you've listened to this... I mean, look, I've saved you the chore of playing The Simpsons video game in some respects because you won't be able to find it and I don't think you you should seek it out. But you do now know that the final boss of this game is, it is one of the most insane things I've ever had to experience. So I think that's probably good content value. This marks the end of season one in terms of games that I am playing on other people's recommendation coming up for the rest of this series will be games that I have assigned to people that they I think they should enjoy as the best video game they've never played. So we're now in the section of the show. So if you listen to the episode with Kieran that happened earlier in this series that was a little preview of what the, the second half of this series is going to be. 
I'm really looking forward to it. I've already recorded a few of them and they've already been really interesting and fun and it's interesting to be put on the back foot on a lot of these. I've gone in with big expectations of blowing people away and that's not always been the case. So I think you'll have a great time listening to those episodes. And I'm really looking forward to to capping off the series. I've technically recorded what I think probably will be the series finale. And it, to my eyes, it's a real jaw-dropper. I think it's going to be a really fun uh, thing to end on. But we've still got loads of episodes to go before then. And then we, after that, we're going to take a, a short break as a series. And then I'll be back with a, f- a brand new batch of guests. Completely new guests. I know how you feel about new guests. Uh, largely, if you're listening to this and you haven't been on the podcast as a guest... That's probably something to look forward to. So we'll see how that goes. Thanks again for listening. If you could put five stars on a tune, that would be nice. If you could go on Spotify. I don't even know if there is a way to tell Spotify you like something. I don't think Spotify cares what you think. I think if you send an email to Spotify, they just send back a picture of a man shrugging. So that's probably what happens there. Um, But anywhere else that does care about your opinion, I I care about your opinion saying it's nice. So please do do that. Uh, we're also on Twitter. There's also a Facebook. I'll be honest, if you're on Twitter or Facebook, you're largely just getting updates of when the episode's released. So if you're subscribed to the podcast, that's what I care about. I care that you're subscribed to the podcast. I don't I don't care about the I don't care about the Twitter that much. I mean, look, let's be honest. We're all waiting for the day that we can just we can just delete Twitter and not care any but don't tell Twitter that. If you tell Twitter that, they'll they'll cancel you. No, they won't. They might. Don't tell Twitter that we all hate it. We're not allowed yet. But there will happen. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. 